Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. Very good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview here on Maritime Radio. My name is uh, Louis Mendes and I'd like to wish you all a very happy 25th anniversary of our return to the Valley uh, for for Tuesday. I hope you've uh, enjoyed the festivities so far. Plenty of course more to come uh, over the weekend when we play Portsmouth here at the Valley uh, in a replay of that game that we had here at the Valley 25 years ago. Joining me uh, in the studio as we look ahead to Saturday's momentous clash is uh, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Good, thank you. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah you enjoyed your, your week off, I guess. We didn't do a show on Sunday, actually, did we? Yeah, I didn't. No, it's been all right. Yeah. yeah. Picked up my shirt today, which is good. Yeah. Uh, the old anniversary shirt. Yeah, yeah, all good. I should have given that you yesterday, but I was busy Wednesday. Sorry. Um, Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nath. How you doing? Living the dream, mate. Looking yeah. forward to Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, Nathan Miller. Yeah. Buzzing, buzzing, mate. Looking forward to uh, the game on Saturday and the dinner on Sunday. Chat Live will be uh, there at the dinner, which we're looking forward to, the celebration dinner. Uh, on tonight's show, we are uh, going to look ahead to Saturday's game. We're going to focus mainly on the football tonight because in terms of the anniversary of the uh, return to the Valley, we're going to do that properly on Sunday when we've got a bit more... Uh, time to go through it. We will uh, focus on looking ahead to Saturday's uh, game here from Carl Robinson. We will. Uh, it's probably worth remembering it's not just the 25th anniversary of the return to the Valley. It's also the 25th year uh, since the Child Athletic Community Trust was formed. So tonight we're going to concentrate a bit more on that. We're going to hear from Jason Morgan, MBE, who of course is the CEO of the Community Trust. Uh, we're going to look back on uh, Tuesday night's win over Swansea under 21 in the uh, Checker Trade. Uh, I wasn't there, but Terry Smith was there, so I spoke to him on the phone last night to find out how that went down. And of course, like I said, we will look ahead to uh, Saturday's game with uh, with Portsmouth. Now, I think uh, first things first, we want to get a bit of an update from Carl. We had his, his press day today, uh, and one of the main things that came out of it is the fact that we are now suffering uh, from some extra injuries. Wonderful. Uh, Carl, you said on uh, Sunday that you're expecting, I think it was four injured players back. Um, is there any more? <coughs> yeah, and two more out. Two more uh, out. Yeah, so it's... it's um... Listen, we're, we're, we're very thin okay. in, in a number of areas. Uh, Reeves is back, Sol's will be back, um, Clarky will be back, so we'll welcome them. Obviously, Piercy and Len will be back from, from what they've done. So, we've got some back, there'll be one or two that played the other day that'll be out, um, but it is what it is at this moment in time. I've never known, well, I've once or twice at MK, but I've never, it's a very uh, unique time of the year. I've never this many in such a short period of time. The games that we've played has been quite remarkable and that's just before, I think you know, 800 miles we've probably done in, in just in three or four days, uh, coming to and from here and away games and back and away to Swansea and back. And so the sleep and the, and the fatigue, mental fatigue that has on people can, can pay at a toll. Obviously, nine of the players that will probably, 10 of the players that will start at the weekend didn't even travel, so we, we know they're fresh. Um, to just the staff that are, that are growing old very quickly. 
Yeah, and Tariq, is he back? No, time? he's not available, no. Okay, and Tachibau? No, he's not available. Okay, so, and um, I, like, you know the extent of Paddy's injury? Um, yeah, we think it'll be a few more weeks yet before we get him back. Um, uh, and Cashy's was a bit of a serious one as well. We think that's going to be another two or three weeks away, so that's you know, a three, four week injury. Um, so it's a bit of a disappointment. Um, just general, it's a, it's a stress reaction to in the bone. Uh, in his foot, so Cashy. Yeah, Cashy. So both him and Paddy have foot injuries. Yeah. Okay. How big a blow will that be for? Yeah, Especially the, <coughs> yeah like, Cashy's been unreal, and then the security that we have in there has been second to none. I always knew this would become a day when we then, but the young players have played a lot of football recently, so they should be ready for the opportunity, <coughs> um, and they've got to grasp it with both hands. Um, I think the other day we, we started with eight academy graduates and we, we put 11 on the pitch, so in, 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 three on a pitch, so in all the 11 players that took the field on, on Tuesday. Tuesday? Tuesday. Um, were academy graduates, which is, I think, quite remarkable. So it's a, it's, it's a time that we're testing ourselves. We're, we're stripped to the maximum players, but that's football. And, uh, come off the hour, come off the men and the, when you, there'll be players who, who have to drag us over the line at the weekend. So there we go, that's Carl talking to Jake Bacon from the New Shopper uh, about our current injury crisis. Now there's some positive news of, of course, we've got a couple coming back there, I mean, Reeves, Solly and Clark uh, to add to Lennon and Pierce who, who've started making their comeback over the last week but now we're going to lose out on Akhmed Akashi and Patrick Bauer for a, a, it sounds like a month each possibly, could be more, could be less with, with injuries. Um, in particular, Ahmed Kashi, I guess we were saying it a couple of weeks ago where we had had injuries in, in the three behind the striker where we, they, there was a bit of movement there, a bit of rotation available. We were saying what, one of the two positions we didn't want to lose was a striker in the form of Josh McGuinness or one of the two defensive midfielders in Forster Kasky or Kashi, and his Kashi is gone, and that's potentially going to be a big miss. Yeah, I think um, we talked about Bauer last week and said, you know, he is a big miss as a, as a player. But we've got other people there, and obviously, as you say, with Pierce and Lennon now back, almost fully match fit, you, you've got people that can slot in. But that defensive midfield spot, uh, along with striker, was the one we didn't strengthen. Um, and as a result of that, these two, and particular, well, I think both of them have had to play well, every game, or certainly every league game this season. Um, Cashy, obviously, having had that horrific injury previously, so. You know, we've got someone like Aribo who can come in and has performed well in the past, but his game time this season has been limited. And Kashi, although he last couple of games, he you know he occasionally will misplace a pass, and he, he you know everyone's going to make mistakes. But I think he's been such an important player for us this year, um, so it is going to be a big loss. But uh, as I say, Aribo has played there before; um, he can do a good job. It's the frustrating thing and obviously you don't want to lose players for any game but you come into a game of such big significance for the club and against a team who are bringing a lot of fans and trying themselves to get up uh, to the next division it's a tough time to lose him and obviously with the other games coming up against Blackburn and Wigan and the other big teams it's uh, that's frustrating but it is what it is as I say we have got one or two that we can we can use as cover and that's what we're going to have to do yeah, I mean, uh, do, do you think, I, I was thinking about this, you said Ariba there, do you think he is the li- the likeliest to come in in, in his position? Uh, well, I would imagine so, but I think with, with Aribo coming, I think we'll have to um, change the way we play a little bit, because I don't think Aribo is a cashy sort of player, you know, I don't think Joe will come deep and get the ball really deep like Ahmed does, and I think the, the, amount, of, the amount of ground that Ahmed co- covers as well is... Mm. 
It's um, I don't think we have anyone else like that. So I think it's I think Aribo will be the first choice. Um, Konza maybe as well. Yeah, maybe Konza. I, I don't mind Konza in that little hole, but um, it depends on the centre backs. But I know re- obviously Charles Cook. I think he's gone back now when he yeah, left. He he's has. gone back. Yeah, he's there. we recalled him. Yeah. So, but again, that could have been another option. Um, <clears throat> I just think you need someone who's quite agile in that middle. Um, it covers a lot of grass, but yeah, it's going to be a big miss. But I think yeah, Rebo would probably be the. Uh, I mean, if, if just think about. It, I don't think we have got anyone else really apart from really. Konza. I mean, Konza. I mean, Dick Steele can, has played yeah, defensive but midfield, but yeah. he's a young young man, isn't he? He's young, but I mean, I, I, I mean, from what I've seen, I think he's he done a job at right back the other week, and mm-hmm. I know he can play centre half, but. I think naturally isn't he naturally a DM? I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, I believe. But I think so. yeah. So I mean, it's, it's the other's Jacko, it's, isn't that's it? That's what but I mean. I mean, you're never going to play a league game. Yeah, you're never going to whole game. Yeah, you're never going to know, are you? Until you give him a go. But I think we, on Saturday, like Tom said, with the significance of it, not only the 25 years and the you know the games coming up is we're six points clear of seventh. If we beat, if we beat Portsmouth. And then, you know, people lose somehow. It could go to nine or eight, you know, and it's a massive, it's a big game because that can go down to three. And then with the injuries we've coming up, and like Tom said, Blackburn and Wigan um, away from home, it's going to be a tough, tough December. So, mm. um, yeah. Of course, we've also lost Patrick Bauer there. Now, Jason Pierce is starting to make his, his comeback. I mean, mm. is he going to be thrown straight in? We've still got, we've still got nabs, I guess. I mean... We've got people there, as, as you say, him and also Lennon. Um, you know, you don't want to have to rush them back. And it's the same thing that Carl talked about when he talked about the injuries that he had, or not necessarily an injury for Reeves, but with Reeves uh, not available straight away and Mark Marshall, it forced Tariq and uh, Ricky and Billy to play every single game. And look what's happened to Tariq and Billy now. So that's that's the worry. You don't want to throw Lennon or Pierce straight into this game and risk them getting injured again. As you say, we have got Konza and we've got Saar, so we've got other options there. If Konza goes up into midfield, again, that exposes that centre-back position. So we are stretched. I know Joe Cummins has obviously played in the checker trade, but I don't think he's necessarily ready for a, a League One game at, at this stage in his career. So, you know, we are getting stretched. And we looked at the the squad at the start of the season and we thought it looked OK. There were areas that were lacking, but on the whole, it looked OK. Um, and the fact that we're now so stretched just shows how many injuries we've had I don't think we can use it as an excuse because you've got to be prepared for that and again as Carl said in his press conference today he's not really had a game where he's picked his first 11 and then had three subs that he wants to bring on to, to make a difference to the game and if you haven't got that I think one that shows injuries but two that shows that the squad isn't as complete as it could be yeah it does seem to be a case of uh, as soon as anyone comes back and someone else goes out injured mm. now but you know, in terms of people coming back there is positives we're going to, we're going to see the likes of Reeves Solly Clark and uh, like we say, Lennon and Pierce, who have who have sort of just started making their comebacks, but it, you know, uh, Reeves is going to be an interesting one because, of course, he hasn't really been able to stick a run of games together. So this is going to be quite important now to see if he can do that to try and get ten games in a run now that he's come back from injury. Yeah, if, well, I mean, uh, if Reeves is back, I don't know if Clark is back. So um, yeah, it's going to, whoever he picks, um, they've obviously again we need need to manage manage people and not rush them back, of course, but. If we just need that consistency now, especially with that three behind, because when we did have the consistency, we were on fire. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see who he picks. Um, I think we've missed Clarky massively. Massive, yeah, massive um, loss. But I mean, I put a tw- I put a poll out on Twitter the other day, and it thirty nine percent said Fosu, followed by Clark. So, um, mm. but I, I think we've missed the little magician massively, massively. Mm. Yeah, because like, I think Clarky and Reeves are two different players. Yeah, I think Clarky goes in the old 
in the holes and goes in the pockets where I think Rees is more of an attacking finisher do you know what I mean I don't think I think Clark's a good link up the work Clark does we've really missed that but um, yeah it'd be interesting who he picks but either way you know they're both decent players at this level and and Solly coming back as well just in terms of a little bit of experience within the team could always be useful yeah definitely and obviously it's only recently was it 250 games he's had so he's been in the, the chart media if you like over the last few weeks in terms of reaching that landmark and on the whole Mr Reliable not club captain but captain for the decide when he plays so um, yeah and again someone reliable you can slot into that right back and free up whoever it would have been um, maybe to play elsewhere you know if it is someone like Konza it, it frees up that person to play somewhere else Now a man who really has been through the ringer in the last 13 months of course is Harry Lennon who finally came on late uh, against AFC Wimbledon in the FA Cup defeat last week uh, and like I say I think it's 13 months I worked out since, since his last performance now it'd be interesting to see how he gets on because if he was sort of in and out of the team, if I remember rightly, before before his injury. So, you know, with with this potential injury to Patrick Bauer now, is this a chance for him to really try and stake a claim if, he's, if he can get back um, up to fitness quick enough? If he can get up to fitness quicker, I mean, I, know, I, th- I think Harry's a good player, but the only frustration he had when um, when he was playing, he used to he used to be too rash in his tackle and he used to give mm. away a lot of silly free kicks in dangerous areas. He got but sent off against Oxford as yeah, well, I remember last season. And there was a couple of free kicks we, we conceded against, uh, conceded from, but... Yeah, I, th- I think I, I can't envisage Harry playing a first team game anytime soon. But I mean, maybe maybe around Christmas time in a few weeks. But I can't see him starting Saturday or in the next couple of weeks. I mean, yeah, like you say, he's been out thirty months. He's played what five minutes Wimbledon and fo- he played forty five on Tuesday, did he? Or, yeah, I think so. Yeah, forty five so, for Jason as well. Yeah, so that's what I mean. I, I d- it'll be interesting if Jason starts. I'll be surprised if he doesn't. Jason. Well, I just think I, I wonder if if we didn't have this injury crisis, mm. I can't imagine he would start. But because just because of where we are, I mean, I mean, we've got Siren Konza, so but Konza could play in that defensive midfield hole, yeah. I guess, as well. Actually, that's another one. So it'll be interesting to see mm. how uh, Carl decides to to go with that. Now on Tuesday, I uh, unfortunately broke my run of the perfect <laughs> season. I was hoping to get to every game this season. Uh, but Swansea under 21s away <laughs> on a Tuesday night just was a bridge too far for me. I was like, nah. Taking liberties. I did, I did check, literally. I did check the train times and all that uh, and the train prices and the hotel prices and I thought, nah. Wait it up. Yeah, just, nah, it's fair enough. It. I've already stumped up 30 odd quid for my Christmas lunch that day and the work as well. So, so I'm, not, I'm not going to. And apparently, according to tell, and we're hearing the interview, there's literally, apparently there's less than 300 people in that ground. It's embarrassing. So you said there was 20 away fans? 20 away fans, 20 away fans yeah. And, and not many more home fans by the sounds of it. But anyway, so like I so said, I wasn't at the game. Uh, none of us were, so we can't really give you the, the lowdown on how it went. But Terry Smith was. Uh, he, he keeps his run going. He must have missed at least one game this season, actually. But uh, he, he was there, uh, so Terry told us how the game went down. It was a good game. Um, it's it probably difficult to say it was well worth the trip, but, <laughs> but no, it was, uh, it was a good game of football. Yeah, 3-2 victory in the end for a, a very young addict side. I mean, in terms of the performance, do you think they deserved that win? Yeah, I think so. I think they edged it. I think it was a it was a very entertaining game. Um, I mean, I said even at uh, when when Swansea took the lead one 0 I'd have been amazed if the scoreline had, had stayed that way because there were chances being created at both ends. Both both sides seemed to just go for it, which which was refreshing. Yeah, uh, and they were a good side, Swansea. They they have a good reputation as an under twenty one side. And speaking to Carl before the game, he was a little bit concerned. He thought that uh, that actually they might. Uh, you know, he, he didn't look overly confident, let's put it that way. Hmm. And it was a very sort of young Charlton side that, that, that played their part as well with, of course, uh, 
were aided by the experience of Jackson and, of course, the return of Jason Pierce, which was good to see. Yeah, I mean, I think there were a few highlights in the game. Uh, obviously, the trophy has its uh, critics, and rightly so, because the sparse crowd that were there. But um, it, it enabled us to, to see Jason Pierce coming back in. Always good to see Johnny Jackson on, on the football pitch. Um, and, of course, uh, uh, Lennon. Uh, Aaron Lennon coming back here, getting another 45 so that's always good and then and then the kids getting the chance so it's always um, you know in that respect when you're able to do it, it it's it's quite a good thing yeah we've already seen it for George Lapsley this season getting his first senior goal and his uh, debut down at Crawley but now we've seen Rico Hackett Fairchild as well with his first yeah, two well, senior goals and I watched the highlights and I thought both of his goals were very well taken in particular the first the first one is, it had me purring I've got to tell you I mean they, uh, Swansea took the lead and, and uh, uh, they were um, good for it. I think in the first quarter of an hour, I think they really came to shot. And uh, probably the, uh, the most dangerous man, or their most dangerous man, Kenji Gore, was, uh, was the scorer of it. And he had three or four attempts um, to either side of, of the one he scored. Uh, so we thought, uh, at the time, going to be in for a, a fairly uh, tough afternoon, or tough evening, I should say. But immediately uh, after the goal, we, we came, came back into it and uh, could have scored before we did but the, uh, the equaliser when it came was, was a sublime finish by Rico Fairchild I mean, uh, actually Leon Best giving his credit did some did some really good work in the box to shield the ball teed up uh, Joe Rebo from on the floor after he fell over uh, got the cross in it looked at for a moment there it was behind well it was behind Echo Fairchild and so we thought chance has gone but he, uh, he trapped it or, or killed his name and turned on, you know, on a sixpence as they say it's cliche but he did slammed in the top of the roof of the net it was a cracking goal yeah and then we took the lead uh, still within the first half it was all action in that first half another another goal for Carl and Ahern Grimes on absolute fire yeah, now that, like, that equaliser against Pe- Peterborough has given him so much confidence hasn't it yeah and he's given him the confidence to take a punt which, uh, which is I think is, I mean he had no right to score really the, the keeper let it squirm through his body but uh, again the build up uh, started down the right hand side actually you might, might not have seen it in the highlights but it was again Hackett Fairchild doing some decent defending in his own half, winning the ball back for Charlton, combined with Joe Rebo, uh, set Reagan Charles Cook on his way, um, and it's good to see him back in charge, by the way, uh, made his way into the edge of the area and then teed up um, Carlin for, for a low shot, which uh, the keeper couldn't do anything about, but he should have done, but he just went through his body and into the back of the net. Yeah, and then of course we were pegged back again just before uh, half time, it's sort of probably yeah, a disappointing I mean, I think, goal. That- yeah, it, if anybody remembers the, the goal that we gave away at uh, AFC Wimbledon where uh, um, Nebuchadnezzar tried to get to a ball in front of the, the striker which he had no right to try and that all the striker needed to do was just turn him and, and go on his way. Uh, I think it was Cody McDonald at Wimbledon. Well, um, uh, I think it was uh, Curran, I think the guy's name, uh, Cullen, I beg your pardon, Cullen, for Swansea did exactly the same thing. Unfortunately, and Fernie Dick still have been superb the rest of the night just trying to get to a ball that really, you know, experience would tell you, just just hold him up. You can't get there, don't even try it. He tried, got turned, Cullen had a free run into the box and then just set up uh, Garrick, I think it was, soon who got their equaliser. It was a decent finish, pretty much the same spot as the first one, but um, it's one of those goals that uh, shouldn't have been allowed to happen if you just if you just be patient and, and defend properly. But there we are, it, uh, it, it, you know, it happened. Um, and uh, I think probably at the time it was probably a fair, fair score like 2-2, Been told to, to help him out to, 
to come back and do his defensive duties. He did, did it really well. Uh, and then so to add, that threat. And to add to that, of course, he got his his, his second goal and Charlton's third in the second half from a corner. And again, like his first goal was a great turn. Now this one was just a really acrobatic finish. It, again, it looked almost impossible to score with where the ball was. It sort of happened in slow motion as well. Cause it all got, um, um, pumped into the into the box. I think again, it was uh, Regan Charles Cook say for his second assist really uh, into the box, and sort of took an age to come down. And everybody was expecting their centre halves to just clear it away. And up to that point, their their captain uh, was probably again one of their better players. Um, just seemed to watch it for a little bit, and it just allowed uh, Rico to, to allow it to drop to his foot. But you know, even then, he still had to finish it. And he, uh, he swung that foot at it, and as you say, it looked acrobatic. Caught it. I think it from memory. I think it hit the ground first, and then uh, left the keeper no chance really. Um, and we were worthy of that. I think in the second half, I think we were the better side. Yeah, and that was reasonably early in the second half. There's still quite a while to hang on. And did Charlton look comfortable? Was there chances for Swansea? Well, I think. Up till about, about a quarter hour ago, I think, um, yes, I'd say we were comfortable and created some more chances as well. Probably could have gone um, further ahead if, if we'd have taken our chances. I think both uh, Carl and uh, Rico had another chance as well. Um, and and even um, uh, Maskell, uh, little Jerry Maskell, the, the left back, who, who continues to impress me, I've got to be honest, every time I see him, he had a, had a decent attempt that uh, on another day could have gone in. So, I think we were worthy of it till about a quarter down the end and it, uh, whether it was tiring legs or uh, or what I don't know but they uh, they started to throw the kitchen sink a little bit they brought in a sub um, who we might be interested because he, he had a double barrel name they <laughs> um, started to just put us under a little bit of pressure so there was a few panicky moments in the, in, in the box last night which we probably didn't deserve but uh, uh, no, I think uh, I think the, the scoreline reflected that we just about edged it yeah, and now you were saying just for uh, how many how many Charlton fans do you think were there, and how many how many was the crowd overall? Because I mean, well, even I didn't bother going. So yes, Swansea, Swansea refused to to from where I was, which is right at the top of the uh, the, the main stand. Well, can't call it the main stand; it's the, the the central bit because it's all one. But um, we were told there were about forty odd Charlton fans. Now uh, that may or may not be true; it could be twenty, thirty. But anyway, going to run that number. But, there weren't that many more Swansea fans. I've got to be honest. I mean, maybe uh, push another hundred and fifty or so. So I think uh, I think the crowd could be well in the low hundreds. Um, but uh, Swan- Swansea haven't released a figure, and I'm wondering if that's the reason why. Yeah, because I guess it doesn't really do the integrity of the competition any good. I mean, now you know we're we're free we're free to the last sixteen now, and I think I worked out last night we're only potentially three games away from Wembley. Yeah, I mean, no, what, what's it, your yeah, view on, on on the competition? Because obviously you you travelled all the way to to go and commentate on it. I mean, do, do you have much love for the competition? Can you see its merits? Um, if if we were allowed to do exactly how we used it yesterday, and, and yesterday was more by um, necessity than design, perhaps, where you know we played a number of youth players, which which you know the the competition is supposed to promote. Uh, bearing in mind the uh, Premier League under twenty one sides, um, if we were allowed to do the same, then I think it's it's certainly worthy. But the strict rules supposed to be that we're we've got to play five of the either the previous week or the previous game squad or five of the next game squad um, in that fixture. So, I mean, I think it's slightly better than last year, but even so, it still puts a huge pressure on teams that are effectively trying to survive, effectively trying to get promotion and, 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 and trying to juggle their finances in a, in a world where um, you know, money's not exactly flowing down to the League One level, generally speaking. So you know, I think it's it, it's grossly unfair in that respect. If Charlton, signs like Charlton, were allowed 
uh, I think it could be well worth it. Hmm. Uh, whether or not uh, the problem is that by doing that, you're still not going to get uh, too bit, too many bigger crowds uh, bothering to go along. Because why should they? Who's onside Fossu? Into the penalty area. Can he get a shot away? He can't, and it's the opening goal. Tariq Fossu sprung the offside trap, gets his second goal of the season, and Charles first in the evening, and they're 1 0 up here in the Manchester Stadium. Welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview here on your Thursday evening or on the podcast if you're not listening live, which most people, no, no one listens live to be fair. Yeah. yeah, it's Monday morning, lads. Everyone go to work. Uh, so that was Terry Smith. Uh, he was the lone uh, Charlton Live team member who made the trek down to South Wales to watch the lads against uh, Swansea under 21s in the Checker Trade. Three games from Wembley. Whee. Uh, right, some uh, important news from, from Nathan there. Just uh, something we touched on last week, but just a reminder, uh, there's a young lad called Jack who we'd like you all to send Christmas cards to you, Nathan. Yeah, um, basically, uh, Jack's um, not very well at the moment. The story's on the Twitter. I won't read all of it out, but, but he's, uh, he will have to stay over in hospital over Christmas and New Year's. He's you know, only a really young lad. Um, and he's that you know we're just trying to get everyone to send a nice Christmas card to him because it's mean, meant a lot his dad's said um, loads have been sent and it's meant a lot to Jack and his family with the support not from just the, from us fans um, from the club as well which I know the club have done a lot for him but um, yeah if you get spare time just send it's, it's on Twitter so you can see it anyway but uh, the address is 17 Mistly Close Bexhill 1C East Sussex TN 402 TD sorry um, so yeah if you could send a nice little Christmas card it'll make him smile because um, he's, he's going to be quite poorly at the moment yeah he so went in on Monday for the start of his therapy yeah so it'd be great if you could send a Christmas card to a, a fellow Cholton supporter now uh, obviously Saturday's coming up it's the, the return to the Valley 25th anniversary which we just passed we're going to celebrate on Saturday um, the idea is we want to get as many fans as possible but we also know at the same time there's lots of fans who are boycotting uh you know some some people are actively i'm boycotting some of them are just not coming because they weren't enjoying it many reasons why some people aren't coming uh carl was asked about what he thought about the boycotting fans because a lot of them are coming back anyway but carl was asked uh you know for his views on, on the boycotting fans in today's uh, press conference i've always said i respect them i respect them um i know the big fans and, and the reason how I know how big fans they are because they're not coming because they believe so passionately in something in their club. So you you never have a divine right in life to judge people's decision making. But it's it's not. It's their opportunity to decide. There's a man I've met. I met when I first came here. I met him at the Bromley Addicts uh, event. Um, he told me he'd never come back, and he told me he'd still not come back. He said, but it's hurting him more and more. Um, but he has a belief in something, and I respect that. Um, he's a tremendous man as well, and uh, I get it. Uh, I wish it wasn't the case. I want them all to be happy, and I've never ever heard that. I've never ever disconnected or connected 
I've stayed neutral and I've stayed how I believe a fan should. A fan is entitled to say, do, shout, scream, be silent, whatever they decide to do when they pay their money or when they become a fan. And you don't have to pay to come and watch to be a fan. You can be whatever you want to be. You have a divine right to be to make a decision and make a, a judgment on what you want for your football club. And I, and I'll never ever dismiss that. I never I never ever dismiss that in the word. I'll never ever <laughs> dismiss that. Uh, so it's important that we, but they need to understand that we're proud of being associated with their club, and that's all I can say. And and hopefully one day, together we'll fight many many great battles, and and that's got to be my objective one day. Yeah, so pretty good words there from Carl. He was asked about the boycotting <coughs> fans because you know so for some people it will be too much to to come to the game on Saturday. Others are breaking boycott, but for some people. Uh, you know, it's it's very much a personal choice, and it's. Um, I think Carl's said said all the right things there in terms of you know it's up to you uh, which way you want to go with it, and that's exactly the sort of tone that that you should be using. Mm. I think as a show, we've been fairly consistent on it that we've said people have their right to to support the club however they see fit, and just because they're not coming to games doesn't doesn't stop them being Charlton fans. In fact, as Carl says, it, it probably just shows just how much they care about the club that. That they believe their support is is better spent by by not coming down and not not giving this this ownership money. So, yeah, it's it's nice for a manager to come out and say that because often managers won't. You know, they'll shy away and they'll try and bat the question away and, and try and move on. But he's been open and honest as I think he has in a lot of his press conferences, and uh, it's refreshing to see. And, and I agree with him. And uh, yeah, for the, for the people who do. Yeah, some people are breaking their boycott. And I think because Saturday is going to be a special day, that is the reason for it to know. Other people did it for PC Keith Palmer as well, which is a very good reason to, to do so. But, you know, if, if there are people who are sort of wavering, you know, it's, I feel like Saturday will be a special day to come back if they wanted to. Yeah, of course. I think not only is it a, a special day for obvious reasons, I mean, 25% goes to the trust, which obviously we'll touch later. So, I mean, any sort of money that will go to the trust, which do great stuff, is great. And I think you probably will have a handful maybe I don't know uh, people who probably will come back just for Saturday which is nice to see but I echo what Tom says you know just because people decided to boycott it doesn't mean they're less of a fan that we all want the same common goal and that's for us to be better so yeah everyone's entitled to their own thing but hopefully Saturday will be really special when we yeah. get over 15,000 and hopefully with all this stuff bubbling under the surface as well that whatever reason people have for boycotting will be going away soon hopefully and we don't, don't really know with these, these, these takeover rumours but uh, there's all sorts of uh, of things that that, that that sound like they they could be going on or might not be going on. So, who uh, who knows? Uh, right, let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live. In fact, just quickly, Red Chaser on the forums just asked if I have a cold or do my ears need to be waxing? <laughs> I, mean, I do have a I do have a slight cold, but I think you're pro- you're probably more likely referring to the bit where I was interviewing Terry, where uh, we we both <laughs> we, we all, all said I didn't know it was. my voice sounded sounded really weird. It's, it's mainly because I was just lying down and my my neck was at a really weird angle. I was, I interviewed Terry in bed on the phone. He wasn't in bed with me. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I'll leave you with time. that image. Let's have a quick break here on Channel Live. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Throw from Holmes into Solly. Solly cross ball. Foster's on the far side. Get something on it. Yeah! Yeah! Finished off by Foster Cascade. And Charles of the lead. December the 5th has always been a very good day for Charlton fans. It's not just because of the return to the Valley. There's so many other good things that have happened on that day. Uh, and that includes that one that win at Palace when Dennis Romadale scored in the last minute. Uh, it was a, a win against Blackburn where Elka Corey scored with a free kick in the last minute, which was Les Reed's only uh, only win. Uh, well, so the Millwall in the snow was on the 5th of December. There was an away win at Chelsea as well, I think, where Kevin Lisby scored in the last minute on the 5th of December as well. Uh, got good memories of that match. I wasn't there, but I watched it at the Greyhound Pub in Bromley. 
uh, when it was when it wasn't a Weatherspoons, it was just a pub and had a big screen on. And uh, there was a table of like women just having drinks underneath the big screen and a handful of people watching the game. And when Charlton <laughs> scored. They obviously didn't know what was going on on the big screen. All they knew was there's some nutter jumping and running around the pub, and they all screamed. Uh, excellent, right? Uh, obviously, had that effect. Yeah, twenty yeah. fifth uh, anniversary of the return to the Valley this season. Uh, this week, indeed, we're celebrating it on Saturday and on Sunday here at the Valley. Uh, also, it's the twenty fifth anniversary. Uh, well, the 25th year since the uh, Charlton Athletic Community Trust came into being. Uh, now, I spoke to Jason Morgan on the phone. Jason Morgan, MBE, or Sir Jason Morgan, is he, wherever, he, wherever he likes to go by, uh, on the phone just before the show to find out uh, what, uh, you know, his memories of the day from 25 years ago because he was involved, uh, the good work that the Trust are going to do because don't forget the money raised, money raised on tickets, uh, 25% of it is going to go to the Trust. So find out just a few bits and pieces uh, about what the, the Trust are going to make of this week. Uh, so this is Jason Morgan, MBE. Joined on the phone now by Jason Morgan, MBE, of course, the CEO of the Cholton Athletic Community Trust. Uh, good evening, Jason. It's a, Well, of course, it's the 25th anniversary of the club's return to the Valley. But it's also the 25th anniversary uh, of the beginning of the Community Trust. So I guess this must feel like a really proud uh, moment for yourself. Yeah, it is. Yeah, 1992, the community programme. It was a, the, the relationship with the PFA, Professional Football Association, at the time of the football club. And I came in in the August of that year, and then obviously, whatever, a couple of weeks uh, after starting, we were all informed about the club coming back to the Valley, and yeah, it was involved in the, the game on the 5th of December, so uh, yeah, fond memories of those those early days. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously I wasn't lucky enough to, to sort of have started going down to Charlton just then, so I, was, I wasn't there at the first at the first game. Have you got memories of, of, that, of that special day back in 1992? I have, yes, um, fond memories. I, I, I remember being, just, just before that, I remember the, being at the training ground and being uh, asked to go into a players' meeting with Steve Gritton, Alan Curvishley and all the staff, and that's when we were told on one training day, so we're sitting there with all the players being told that the board had just given the information that this is the date that we're going to go back to the Valley. So I, I remember that day, and then, then fast forward to the 5th, I had a couple of key, I had a couple of key jobs. It was one of them that it was all hands to the pump and all the work and the volunteers and, and everything that was done leading up to that game. Uh, and we were asked to to turn up early, and there was things being painted and cleaned and and, and everything going on. And at the time, I think I drove a, a, a Nissan Micra or, or a Fiesta, a little one point one Fiesta, so a little little pop pop of a car. And they quickly rushed me into one of the lounges and said, look, you need to tune in all the TVs and, and I'm no techie. So uh, I quickly worked out there were no batteries in there so I had to go down to the local shop buy them and they, some Andy Bryant, who was the commercial guy, threw me his car keys and said, look, just take my car, which was a great big granada at the, trite, at the time. So I'm driving, driving this big tank of a car out of the car park, up to the road, getting some batteries, tuning in the tellies. And then my claim to fame is when the balloon release went off as the players come onto the pitch, that was my job. I had to give the thumbs up to the ball boys at the time <laughs> to release the balloons. And I think from memory, I might have done it a little bit early, but there's an aerial shot and the balloons look great, but you can see my terrible dog tooth jacket I was wearing. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's my claim to fame yeah. on the fifth. I, I let the balloons off. Yeah, well, it's mistimed one of, it, but 
It's one of the iconic uh, iconic uh, pictures, of course, on the day of seeing all, all those balloons go up. Now, you, you said it was all hands to the pump 25 years ago. It's been pretty much the same, I imagine, for you and your team in the, the build-up to this, this anniversary game. Obviously, you had the Legends game back in September as well, but you know, lot, lots of stuff planned with, uh, with, with the club and uh, for, for the weekend as well. And if you've had... Uh, also, uh, the trust are going to benefit from, from donations from the club. You've got 25% of ticket sales and 25% of uh, program sales. And plus, there's uh, some sort of targets to hit as well, in which case uh, regular cleaning will be donating some more money as well. Yeah, listen, we're, we're really mindful. We're, we're ever so grateful for everything that's that's gone on. And it's nice that, yes, it's 25 years back at the Valley. And yes, there's been some conversations for quite a while now about you know this game and, and celebrating the whole season and the kind of calendar events came up with this you know 25th anniversary committee which was sort of like you know linked with the club and linked with the community trust about what we can do and this calendar of events around you know the charity game which you know Keith led massively on and we, we you know the success of that was brilliant and again proceeds coming to us um and then obviously the, the club offered up the 25% of the ticket sales uh, at a meeting and we're really grateful and appreciative of that uh, and, and, and program sales as well and then more recently I attended a fans forum meeting uh, a week or so ago with the club and this, this target is 15,000 16,500 or 20,000 and more money being released to us and, and put up our regular cleaning service and matched by the club if we hit these targets and the supporters trust have got behind that so I've had a couple of conversations with Steve Clark over the last couple of days so just about driving those messages and then, and then the plan there Lou is that what will happen is hopefully we reach those targets and what we've been asked the fans to do the supporters to do is, is pick one of our projects so either the mental health project that we run where we take people away clients away um, we need music equipment for our hubs and we've done the three successful concerts but people probably don't know that these hubs are used by young people to practice music and go down of an evening so we're not just football um and we need to get out of classroom with education equipment so everyone kind of gravitates to the upbeats and we've got the upbeats walk and we do fundraise for the upbeats because they need money but there's some other programs that do need funding so the money from the 25th uh, anniversary events will go to support these projects as well as this targeted figure that we want the fans and i've spoken to steve clark about getting some fans down hopefully on one of those nights and either hand over a check or if it's music equipment, you know, we're buying and we're taking it in there for, for one of the evenings. So, yeah, that's re- really nice and we're, and we're ever so grateful for everyone coming together and supporting us on that. You must you must be, um, I mean, 25 years ago, did, did did you look into the future and just think what, what you would achieve over the next quarter of a century, the, the, the diverse range of programmes that you run around the community? I mean, could you ever see that, that coming when, when you first started? To be honest, I, I could, uh, and the reason I say that is because my, my dad was working at West Ham at the time, and I knew people in community programs, and I knew quite early on that this was really special because of the timing. And, and actually, I did a, a bit of a talk today with some with some guests, and uh, I put our success, you know, the club success down to and the community program success down to a, a couple of reasons: the timing, which we talked about, you know. PFA and, and me arriving at that time and the lost generation of fans and my remit just to get out in the community and re-engage and, and being based at the training ground helped because the link I had with, with Steve and Alan you know, Curtis and Grit and, and Simon Webster and then the use of the players because players came out every day into schools with me and then the football courses were easy then to sell because we had player appearances and it built up quite quickly and probably the other 
success is the huge catchment area we've got. And, and again, you know, I look at colleagues around London and, you know, you look at London Borough of Merton where you've got Fulham and Chelsea and QPR and, you know, clubs quite tightly close together. So either their community programme is sort of like a little bit... Um, Restricted all the, the you know the catchment areas they're working on and the fans they're working with, but you know quite early on I realised it was a huge opportunity and you know we got programmed as far down as the coast you know 60 70 miles away so I knew there was a big opportunity quite early on of course I wasn't aware of how successful it would grow but you know credit to a lot of the staff that we've had here and credit to uh, you know the way that we kind of moved away from traditional football in the community to address real social issues and I think because of my background with local authority and Matt Parrish with education and other people that came in we very quickly went to a kind of solution focused approach and put police officers in Charlton Kit and education people in Charlton Kit and then we were able to take on more challenging programs and address more social need rather than you know the normal football development program so yes it's probably enabled us to grow and other factors has enabled that as well. Mm. And of course, the the support that you do get from from Charlton supporters, I guess, is, is like, helps to play a big part in that as well. Oh, massively, yeah, and, and it has done. Since, I mean, I went to the museum and saw people then that remember the first meeting I came in, and I think I was asking them for help. And I remember doing a dog night, and I think we raised about twelve thousand pounds from that night. And you know, I've always linked in, and I suppose you've only got to look. And I know you've been involved in it. You know, the Upbeats Walk, where you know. I mean, it's 10 years now since the Upbeat's got their first bit of money and we've done, what, four years of walks and so we're planning a big one this year and the fans have always got behind that. Um, so I think what we're trying to do now going forward and we've discussed it is we, we need to really raise the profile of some of the diverse programmes you touched upon it that we do. So there is a realisation that, you know, money is needed for mental health projects and, you know, for those who are there Sunday, we've done a bit of a video to hopefully showcase the diverse range of programmes we do. But, you know, a lot of our money comes from commission programmes. You know, we're commissioned to run the council's youth service and that's money that to deliver that project. It's it's the unrestricted, it's the money that we can get coming in that allows us to support projects. So, you know, our old people's programme, our extra time programme, we call it, you know, that's, that's funding that we need uh, and that keeps that regularly going week by week. Um, and I think what we want to do, uh, you know, coming out of this calendar year and, 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 and raising money is highlight where money goes and what projects, um, you know, we need funding for. Um, so, because, you know, everyone will obviously say, oh, fundraising, the upbeats, and that's great and that's brilliant and that will continue with the walks and other bits and bobs that I know, you know, the fans support. But there's some other projects and it's down to me and my team just to raise the profile of some of those programmes. And I guess the best way for fans to support those in the short term now would be to buy their their, their tickets for, for Saturday's game. And the club just tweeted that we're just under the fifteen thousand uh, mark. So that would, if we get that fifteen thousand mark, that'd be a thousand pounds straight away from regular cleaning. If it gets up to sixteen thousand five hundred, there's another two thousand five hundred. Uh, if we can get up to twenty thousand, that'd be five thousand pounds donated. But like I say, twenty five percent of every ticket. Uh, and every program goes straight to you guys. So as as many people as possible that can come on Saturday to celebrate, you know, twenty five years back at the valley and twenty five years of the community trust. It's just important that as many people as possible come. I guess. Yeah, it is, and, and I think I chat with you when we did the charity game, and and, and the same applies here. L- listen, the money is great, and we're really appreciative of it, and it and it's very kind of the club, and it's great that the fans are playing their part. 
you know, the charity game was also about the occasion. It was also, you know, about bringing those players together and, and, and everything that Charlton has stood for over the years and be a very family community club. And that's what we wanted to do as well. We wanted to make sure people enjoyed themselves, you know, bring the players back. And, you know, I'm so fortunate a lot of players back in, you know, that I've known over the years, especially 92, are good friends and we could call upon them or Keith could. And they were more than happy. I mean, like I said to you as well, no one turns Keith Peacock down when he asked for things. And mm-hmm. that was great that we got that support and it was just as much of importance to us to put on a great day, the fans to share in that and the players to enjoy themselves. And in fast forward to Saturday and, and Sunday, and let me come on to Sunday in a minute, but Saturday, you know, it, it's about the, the atmosphere that I know can be created um, and just, you know, celebrating 25 years back at the Valley and everything that makes Charlton very special. And if we can give, you know, the occasion and the celebrations and the, and the players, you know, perform, it's going to be a great day. Yes, the money is great, but a lot of what we've been talking about is to make, it, you know, a special day and, and, and people to remember. And then again, the dinner, you know, and I know there's been a lot of discussion about the price of it and, and, and et cetera, et cetera. You know, I'll tell you now, um, you know, we're sitting down breaking even. You know, there's there's a lot of discussion about the, the price of the dinner and everything. You know, we have got 400 people. Yes, we have invited guests, but we've got that sponsored. We've been uh, given money from ITRM and Andrews, and that's allowed us to invite a lot of guests and, uh, and a lot of the ex-players along. Um, and then if there's money to be made on the night, it'll be made on the auction. But again, it was about, you know, celebrating 25 years with the dinner. Um, and that's why there's, you know, the event that we're doing for the fans in the North Stand with the Q&A. Um, and we've got a couple of events planned for, for next year before the end of the season, which hopefully is a couple of evenings with, which is, um, as we've listened, you know, a, a little bit lower price and more affordable so that we hopefully, you know, allowing everyone to to participate and join and uh, join in and, and, and come to some of these events or these calendar events that we are we have been running well Jason it's been brilliant to talk to you on, on Charlton Live this evening uh, I'll, I'll see you on Saturday and Sunday I guess yeah will do thanks Louis you take Welcome back to Chapman Live here on Maritime Radio. Great to hear from the CEO of the Charlton Athletic Community Trust, Jason Morgan, uh, there. Uh, right, just uh, very quickly before we uh, hear from Carl, one more time to look ahead to Saturday's game. Uh, many of you would have noticed on Tuesday, now obviously 25th uh, anniversary of the return to the Valley, brings up the memories of the superb work that the Valley Party did back in the day. Charlton Athletic fans formed a political party to make their point to get the council uh, you know, in the mindset that Charlton are going to come back to the Valley. You all know the story. Uh, but 25 years on, uh, with Roland de Chatelet here considered a problem by many fans, uh, another political party has been formed, this time uh, going to be canvassing for votes out in Belgium. The Roland Out Today Party, or ROT, uh, have formed... Uh, <laughs> they're going to be um, uh, fielding a candidate in the municipal election to be held in St. Truden in Belgium on Sunday, the 14th of October 2018. So... Uh, uh, Charlton Athletic fans, I, bl- I think it's from the Belgium 20, it seems to be. The, that sort of group of fans uh, have formed a, a political party. You can find out more at Roland Out Today uh, is the um, 
name of their Twitter page, or if you go to www.rolandouttoday.eu uh, before Brexit, of course, uh, uh, for the uh, for the website for the website just to just to read uh, their uh, uh, what, what they're all about, and uh, you can find out more about those guys. Right, of course, Saturday is the uh, 25th anniversary game here at the Valley against uh, Pompey. Uh, just as it was 25 years ago. Now, Carl Robertson was, of course, asked to preview that game, and this is what he had to say. Yeah, it's the 20, obviously 25th anniversary on Saturday, celebrating that. Um, how special day is it? Yeah, I think we're very honoured to be associated with it. We don't deserve it, um, the moment that we're in. Um, for the club to be celebrating the 25th anniversary uh, whilst in this league is not something that I don't think we would have wanted, um, but we are. Um, but hopefully we're proud of what we're trying to achieve and how we're trying to turn it around. Um, and we'll look forward to the opportunity to play in front of 16, 17, 18,000 people. I think it'll be a great testament to the football club, um, the fans, sorry. And I think everyone knows 25% of all ticket sales and programme sales goes to Community Trust, because it's not just 25 years back to the Valley, it's 25 years of the Community Trust going as well, um, which is which is massive in, in what we believe in here. So And the people believe in, and we become supporters. So we're, we're, we're very, very honoured. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but how important is it maybe to play the game and not the occasion? Yeah, I think that's important. I think you have to, as a manager, <clears throat> there's two there's two things the weekend. There's the anniversary, there's the game. And that's as cold in some ways, not disrespectful, we have a game to win. Um, and uh, it's important that we, we conduct ourselves in a, in, a, in, a, in a way. Listen, they'll come full of optimism, full of hope, obviously bringing three, over 3,000 fans themselves. So it'll be a very intense atmosphere, but that's what the Valley, well, quite synonymous really, because it was built for intense days and, and high spirit of the first. And uh, we were brought back for them reasons, um, to have an identity. And the DNA of the people hasn't changed. Um, the, uh, the way in which they support has never wavered. We have we've had difficulties, obviously, and we're not we're not forgetting those moments. But still, regardless whether people are coming into the ground or whether people are watching from within the stadium, there's still the same amount of passion for the football club that's ever been before. Um, and we've got to make sure that we play the game. And, and but we're, we're very very honoured that the people who work so hard that, to get us back to this great stadium and for us all to be sat where we are today. And I'm just back to the game with Colin Hengron, three goals in three. I think the last time you spoke publicly about it, it was about him lacking confidence um, with the injuries that you have now. Has he kind of played himself into contention to start? He's worked hard. Um, so, it's, yeah, but this is what we're here to do. We're here to improve people. My job as a manager is not always about sometimes the result. I know fundamentally it is, sorry, but, but beyond that, I have to work with individuals. We have to coach them. We have to make them better. We have to give them belief. Um, and Carl is certainly someone that's, that's really took that on board. Could he start this weekend, just given his form and the injuries? They can all start, not the injuries that we've got. You've got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> and um, just, just for the four players coming back, have they? can they start as well? Are they fit enough to start some of them? Or would they, would I'll they tell you after today, because I'm not the, <laughs> the, this is the first round, the, the fit boy, usually. Um, listen, Portsmouth are getting all theirs back, I believe Pittman's about fit, and they're coming here full strength, fully loaded with a lot of fans. Be a good one. Yeah. Be a good one. What have you made of this? Well, I've come here. I've come here for, for the moments like Saturday. Yeah. Because um, I know 
will be a, a be a very very competitive game. Just another great football club who at the beginning of the season everyone predicting to go up or certainly be in the top six. So it's um, it's a big one. It's, it's it's like the next few games are massive. You couldn't wish to go to Portsmouth, Blackburn, Blackpool, Wigan, with these players out injured. It's it's just why this at this moment in time does this have to be the case? But but listen, challenges are a part and parcel of of life. And once one door closes for somebody, someone certainly opens. And and all the we see it. We, this as a manager of. On, the, on your door, and it always seems to be the players you aren't playing. Um, well, you had the balls to knock, you have the balls to play. So, come with the hour and see what they've got. And I, I listened to this to you before, the amount of changes that we made on Tuesday was, was phenomenal. <coughs> um, the changes that we made to the team that played on Sunday and Tuesday, you've seen that were really growing the. The, the underbelly of what we're trying to achieve here and that's that's important Carl Robinson there chatting to Jake Bacon uh, one of the things that you picked up was talking about Carlin Ahern Grant we are just saying off air about how you know, if you look at players like Carlin like you know, Forster Kasky wasn't his best when he first joined with Naby Sar players who haven't performed in past you know, Carl seems to find a way of, of getting them playing now to the extent that, that uh, Jimmy uh, Jim Dutton's just tweeted in saying free and free for Carlin is it time to rest Josh and see what he can do in that role uh, he says it's worth trying do you think Carlin could start up top in that you know the sole striker role I'm not not so sure not at the moment um, he's obviously in a brilliant run of form and I'm delighted for him um, but I think in in that setup he's more likely to play as a wide man or one of those three anyway um, I, I'd love to see him do it I think it would be a very brave step um, but I think with the size of the game uh, on Saturday I, I think it'll probably be McGuinness but look if he keeps scoring goals in the well, the lesser games if you like I know the FA Cup game you wouldn't say that um, but then obviously then getting another one on, on Tuesday night if he uh, if he keeps that up he's certainly going to be pushing for a starting place mm. with all the players coming back now it's, it's kind of hard to predict exactly where our starting lineup is going to fall really because you know the likes of Pierce, Reeves Clark back we don't know who's exactly fit enough to start how, how he's going to rotate so it's going to be quite interesting to see how we set up on, on, in terms of personnel on Saturday yeah and it's, it's, it looks like it's um, it's all down the spine as well so centre half DM and obviously the number 10 so yeah it'll be interesting I think we'll all be second guessing I don't think any of us will probably get it right um, because obviously we don't know the full extent in, you know Pierce's fitness is he going to be risked blah 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 but um, yeah no he's, he sh- should be good um, it's going to be a surprise but I think first and foremost yeah it's, it's got a great day but I think what Robbo said in his uh, conference it's a, it's a game we still have to win um, we don't want to have you know have have all the, the sort of atmosphere around it and then we don't turn up on the day and don't get the three points so um, we need to in, obviously enjoy the occasion before and after the game but when that whistle goes we try and get us out this bit of form in the league and try and get a win yeah, in terms of occasion uh, that uh, email from Peter Beerling says I believe that Portsmouth has sold out their allocation this Saturday living deep inside Pompey territory I'm hearing persistent first hand accounts of large numbers of Portsmouth fans getting tickets for the home areas is this true uh, how is it, if, it's, if this is true how has it been allowed to happen this could seriously ruin what should be a day of celebration I mean there is you know, 4,000 Pompey fans in allocated seats in the Jimmy Seed and in the East End, but there was a period where the away the Jimmy Seed had sold out 
uh, and the home end was on general sale. So it does yeah. sound uh, there, there will be Portsmouth fans in the home end. So just you know, try and ignore them and enjoy your day. It's, it is a shame, but they have now been put on restricted sales. It's just that period where it wasn't on restricted sale. I imagine that's possibly going to cause issues, but we, we hope it's not uh, too many. Now, uh, cashy back bet time. Uh, I completely forgot to actually place the Wimbledon one in the end last week. But it don't matter because we, I know because one of them that we did mute was potentially Carlin to score, but I don't think I would have posted that anyway. So because it was my choice. But um, this week uh, we are going again with my choice. Now I thought I'd pick an anniversary-related bet. So 25 years ago, Charlton's number 11, Colin Walsh scored on the seven minutes. So I've gone for the our current number 11, which is Ricky Holmes to repeat the trick. So Ricky Holmes to score within the first 10 minutes. Uh, against Portsmouth on Saturday, they've they've only given me twenty to one, which I thought was a bit stingy. Uh, so my two pound fifty would uh, return fifty two pound fifty for the upbeats. Uh, don't copy our bets because we're rubbish. But gambleaway.co.uk if you're even tempted to. Now very quickly, let's have your previews for special game. Your predictions, Tom. Two one. Two one to Charlton. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. One nil Marshall. Yeah, we should win. I know if we lost two five, then that would sort of make twenty five years, wouldn't it? But that's <laughs> at the same time, ruin it. So could we not just win? Yeah, yeah. No, oh, no I'm just trying to think. What would be a nice scoreline. Oh, I see. Yeah, if we if we could win nineteen I mean, one thousand nine hundred ninety two <laughs> nil or one hundred ninety nine two, they would both work. Wouldn't seven nil would be a fine scoreline. Seven nil. Two yeah. plus five, seven. Four plus three. No, that work. Just take the one nil. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> right, this has been Charlton Live, the big match preview. Don't forget. Right on Sunday, we are going to. Oh, shout out there. We are going to be doing a. <laughs> We are going to be doing a show, but we're also going to the dinner. So the show's going to be on Sunday at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, so don't worry if you can't listen live, but if you can listen live, we'll be here at 4 o'clock. Hopefully we'll have some interviews from the Saturday. Uh, we're going to see how things pan out. But yeah, so the show's going to be at 4 o'clock on Sunday because we're going to the dinner in the evening. Right, Tom and Nathan, thanks for joining me. Cheers, Cheers Saturday. I've been Louis Mendes. This has been Charlton Live, the big match preview, 25 years back of the valley. Who'd have thought, eh? We'll see you on Sunday. <laughs> Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.